love it when a leader says, I have no interest in fashion, but I love that story. And I'm like, oh, you do have an interest in fashion because you're not naked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Um, Today is another special day, kicking off June uh, with a bang with another amazing guest. Um, I'm so excited and so grateful to have um, just another industry insider. Um, His name is Tyree Robinson. He is a fashion publicist. And he is also a black man. So he's going to keep it 100 with us today. I hope on you have to wear something. And so let's give him a welcome. Welcome, Tyree. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, thank you for being here. Um, I like to find all of these people, especially if they're in underrepresented groups, to get what it's really like. I know I've had kind of a weird uh, roller coaster ride in retail and fashion, and I've since semi-retired from that unless there's a really really good deal on the table waiting for me (laughs) um so because you know once that coin hits you know okay let let me let me hear what you're talking about let me see where the money resides here um but um thank you for being here i would love to first just get into you know how did you even become a fashion publicist because what we do know is that is it's extremely difficult for black people and i'm going to say black and not people of color because it is very different for immigrants and asians and people of different ethnicities specifically black people i think it's um, a lot of anti-blackness running through the veins of the fashion industry through the retail industry that's just you know been my experience and my observation um and so uh you know i have never even met a black fashion publicist before so um i would love to hear what how'd you do it yeah so my uh background is a little interesting i actually went to college first because my parents said i had to get my degree before i went to fashion school so then um after my uh, undergrad i attended fitum the fashion institute of design and merchandising where i studied merchandise marketing so i originally thought that i wanted to be a buyer and then i was like oh i don't really like this um And then I started working, I was an intern at a place called Box 8. And Box 8 is like a photo studio. It's kind of like Milk. So they have like um, photo shoots and events. It's like a warehouse that they rent out um, just to do events. And so I was doing that and I was working in retail. And then from there, I interned at another place um, called The Shop PR, and um, there I got into um, more of the showroom side, which is, um, it's still at a PR firm, but we rep a bunch of brands, and um, like I was in charge of like celebrity gifting, working with stylists, and so from there, it just kind of took off, like building relationships, going to events, and um Yeah, I started working with brands just like um, smaller brands and just figuring out what they needed um, from like social media to placement. And yeah, it kind of just went from there. (laughs) Okay. And you know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So I was lucky enough to meet Tyree in a a very... 
productive book club uh, yes. called, you know, Think and Grow Rich Book Club. Um, we we met on Clubhouse, and um, our mutual friend is Aisha. And I'm yes. just wondering, and also I've interviewed Aisha. If you guys want to go back, 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 it's called, you know, um, what it's like to really be a stylist in LA. Um, so uh, I interviewed her as well. But did you meet Aisha because? you know she was on the other side of that like styling celebrities so actually i knew leah and oh you knew leah. leah okay leah went to fit him with me and so we oh. had a project together and that's kind of the cool thing is like i went to fit him we won't say my age well it doesn't even matter but no age doesn't matter especially um, not we... for the melanated folks so you can and you can continue <laughs> we went to fit him the same time and like she was in one of my projects um and then like we were in another project together but it was over 10 years ago and like we have remained friends and um that's how i met aisha okay cool oh full circle moment because i yes. really like me some leah she is very cool <laughs> colorful inside and out i love yes. that she wears so much color she has great style yes. um so okay so you kind of fell into it when you were interning were you feeling a little bit like okay i think i'm done gophering or were these paid internships i'm just just for the younger people listening to us because i think there's an attitude of i don't want to intern i don't want to work for free pay me what i'm worth there's there's a lot of that vibe going around what are your thoughts on interning um so my first internship i believe was not paid and then my second internship I don't remember if it was paid, honestly. If it was paid, it wasn't a lot, like, but I was only an intern for, like, three months, and then I became an assistant, and I go back and forth uh, about internships because it's like, yes, it's unpaid work, but I feel like um, sometimes, especially in the fashion industry, um, people aren't going to tell you everything, and it's their talent that they're sharing with you or their knowledge that they're sharing with you. So you kind of have to accept that you're not going to be paid. You're learning valuable knowledge. But uh, we all have bills to pay, so... <laughs> it's like, that part. It's, um, it's a back and forth, but I think if you go into an internship, um, you can't go into an internship thinking, how much am I going to get paid? Because that's not the point of an internship. Um, the internship is to build knowledge and relationships. And then if you do well, hopefully that company will hire you or point you in the right direction of a company of where to go. Um, so yeah, I go back and forth about internships, I think. Go Sorry. ahead, I can, hear, I can hear you now. No, you were saying that um, internships, you know, you're gonna learn what you need to learn, even though it's unpaid and that's the most valuable part, right? Yes. So that's why I go back and forth. I go back and forth because it's it's like a, a a trade, like being an apprentice. Like it's it's not a it's a skill you're gonna learn. So take that and work very hard to possibly get a paid position, basically. Got it, got it, got it. Now when you look up traditional um, you know, like a JD, a job description for a fashion public relations, and it says you represent clients, you're yes. promoting. You're proclaiming how great they are, trying to convince <laughs> editors and journalists to notice them. You know, sometimes you do damage control. Would you say that that is what you're doing? Yes. So we build an overall formula for the brand of what they want. And um, yes, it's a lot of pitching different ideas of, from their collection. So say if someone has like a collection that's like stripes, 
we hope that a magazine or an editor is doing a story on stripes or like a different colorway and then like pitching it to them to hopefully use your product. So um, yeah, it's a lot of, of what you said. How important, because I even struggle with this, is how important is it for um, to be producing a ton of like video content or jumping on like TikTok challenges and and things like that? Like it's constantly changing. So, you know, you either have to evolve or most likely, (laughs) unfortunately, your brand will die. Right. So how how are you? feeling on that train of evolution of where like you know now marketing and advertising are basically linked so you know is that something that you you have to do or is still traditional PR alive um a little bit of both I guess it depends on what the client really wants um but everything is about return on investment so if you're going to put a bunch of emphasis on TikTok or Instagram or one of these like social platforms, you're hoping that it returns like people buy from what they see. So um, I think like with some of these new things, like TikTok is huge now and I still don't really grasp TikTok. I mean, I've seen it, I know how it works or whatever, but I don't, I don't get the revenue stream, I guess, (laughs) because it seems like there's just like a young, a lot of young kids doing like these dance videos or like funny videos. Part of it. I'm sorry. You don't get the revenue stream part of it. Yes. I mean, I get that there are TikTokers, just like YouTubers, and they're they're influencers or micro influencers, but I don't get like how magazines like disappeared or like how ad placements you know it is moving really fast but it has to work for the client you know if the client doesn't care about tiktok then that's fine there's other ways to get money okay yeah because a lot of these likes don't turn into actual dollars right correct yes yeah so you know you got to do all the things (laughs) um i want to get into like your experience with that being um you know with race gender class all of that yes your experience we're going to start on the ups upswing first what are you liking about the industry um currently uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything it could you be anything stumped. he said that um, is hard no i love i just like i guess my love for fashion and the industry is the ability to be creative and to think outside the box and i think that like to my credit like not to toot my own horn but when you think of these artists like these great great artists no one is them so i always think like no one is like me so no one can take my ideas no one can do things like me so i think that is the beauty of our industry um just the ability to be creative and be freeing and like make people want what you are offering i guess (laughs) okay um that's the reason why we all love it because we love brands we love beauty and that's why we all join right (laughs) we're mesmerized by that and a little bit are you know what how do you feel about some people are really driven even by like famous people do you care about that are you is that just not a factor at all people are famous you know you know the la life you know what i mean yeah um no i don't really care i mean i think um Probably when I first moved to LA, I was like, ooh, like this is that person or this is that person. But now I'm like, I don't, 
I don't, I mean, it's not that I don't care. It's just like, I just think of them as like a normal person. They have bills, like, you know, they're just doing, they're doing their job basically. <laughs> right, so. right. Um. Okay. And then what has been some of the challenges? Like, what would you say is not your favorite part of what you do? Um. My, I, the, one of my main challenges, I guess, is like, placement or like um how can i say this um making a client believe in a person that's not white so like if you want to place something on a black artist it's like you have to go back and forth with brands or like pull out their resume versus like oh if it's some if it was like a white person they're just like oh okay like how many followers do they have you know or like who are they and then it's like a done thing and then also like i just i got my mba recently and so i congrats congratulations (laughs) thank you um i've been looking at like corporate jobs like with with beyond my realm like how can i get into a fortune 500 company or how can i get into one of these bigger brands and do the same thing that i'm doing now and their hiring is not like it's one thing to put products on black models or having asian like models but when the corporate or like the executive office only hires four percent black people or your board is all white or white men that's that is a problem with me (laughs) it's a problem with all of us this this sounds like the same old story but i i mean i I definitely knew that that was a situation but you're just saying that true diversity could be achieved if we were in there and part of the decision making process but it's a lot of white gatekeeping essentially yeah so basically instead of working for a corporation and having everything that one of them have i have to do five times more of what they do for different people and still not get the same amount but they might be stealing my work (laughs) and i'm not getting credit for it so that's the whole issue i guess (laughs) so how do you steal someone's work what do you mean by that tell me more about that Um, I think just, like, going to their Instagram, like, I host a podcast, and um, I just, like, I've seen editors, like, write stories about things that we have maybe talked about, or Mm -hmm. it's just, like, if their platform is bigger, so it's kind of, like, they're, like, picking and choosing what's cool, and then, like, oh, it's cool because Vogue did it, you know? And um, even, like going to fashion week like a couple of the publications like stole well they didn't steal i i don't know if it's stealing or not but they used some of my photos from my instagram (laughs) oh yeah that's um that's old-fashioned stealing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so stuff like that it's just like i don't i feel like it's cool to get inspired by people but it's not cool to like take their work and then like profit off of it and like not credit them or just like leave them in the dust because it's like it's not your work (laughs) yeah no I understand what you mean it's like they want to they want the rhythm they don't want the blues like they don't they want all of our flavor and spices you know for because even like sometimes TikTok challenges it's like a lot a voiceover with black content there's a lot of challenges with black songs yeah. and sometimes you don't even know 
where it originated so now it's like a runaway train like even like this hopeful challenge where you know something that was supposed to happen didn't happen and it's a Faith Evans song and it's really mm. about the end of Coach Carter right yeah um about something being like a huge fail but I now I don't even see the hopeful challenge with black people in it it's just white people you know doing it it's like do they even listen to Faith Evans I think that the average person and maybe I'm being assumptive yeah. but they don't know who Faith Evans is, Faith Evans is or yes. they haven't see, seen Coach Carter probably that's, so. that's part of the problem I guess with the industry is we're putting out stuff like there we're taking cultural things I can't even say like yes we're taking like black things people are taking stuff from black people but like we're taking stuff from like Africa like you know we're taking stuff we're using references from all these other people and then we're trying to sell it for a a lot of money and then it just ends up like whitewashed basically (laughs) right so you need the white approval to sort of raise the price yeah which is messed up. I remember, I remember uh, they got called out for it, but Vogue, Vogue did a story about um, Carly Kloss making Timberlands uh, a trend. I, I oh was like, uh, like, like everyone in the hood wears Timberlands. <laughs> like black and brown people have been wearing Timberlands. It's a hip hop thing. Like yeah. Carly Kloss ain't do nothing to raise the visibility <laughs> of Timberland boots, first of all. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I know that that's the type of thing that you encounter. And I'm just wondering how you navigate those waters because they are murky, they are deep. And, you know, you're, 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 you're out here doing the Lord's work because Lord yeah. knows that I would have quit like a long time ago. <laughs> um, okay, and so I think I think what where you're going with this, the next step in terms of being internally somewhere and having real influence and having a real impact in how they make decisions when they're dealing with black brands, black talent. I, I definitely think that you will be super valuable there. I like in the Kieran Group or LVMH, you know, you know, just yeah. anywhere, Richemont, some bigger conglomerate because um, yeah, it's just not enough to just send, you know, preciously down the runway of Versace and, you know, then that's that, that's representation. That's not real representation. Right. What's happening behind closed doors because otherwise you wouldn't have stuff like the uh, black face turtleneck got a Gucci and, that's you know, right things like that um so outside of the normal um racism that lives in capitalism um (laughs) (laughs) what what do you see changing like i i would say at least some of these things are being like discussed and you know i think that you know elaine welteroff did some good work you know at team vogue right and just really talking about real issues and it being truly intersectional i think that's a very nuanced and uh challenging thing to achieve at a Condé Nast you know owned uh, publication so what do you see changing and where do you fall you know in that change um well hopefully I mean I can get my foot in the door to help other people out but um I also think one I think it starts with our youth I feel like sometimes art is too expensive or it's not thought of as a job and um, I think we should get kids and younger adults more involved in um, the arts I also think that school is expensive like even going to fashion school is expensive so scholarships and like I think there's ways 
to get more people involved and then um for me i think i'm just gonna keep like i'm gonna keep trucking i think everything that i do um it's either because someone helped me or i helped them and they helped me back so (laughs) i think um i just have to keep doing what i'm doing and being positive and like helping people and allowing people to help me (laughs) um yeah i think i think depending on who raised you you know it's already difficult enough to be othered and yes um your parents want to guide you into uh, some you know a living that's going to be stable and accepting of you but that's never how change occurs right you have to someone has to break through the the door the ceiling whatever and be the first to do xyz and it's uncomfortable but it's so necessary and even when you talk to people they're so glad that they they did it you know because then you you see yourself in others and you're you're paving the way for other people i mean i was a token so many times at so many different brands like you know alexander mcqueen and you know just and you can tell that they had a discomfort and they just were a little behind the curve of where things are going like all of these brands also yeah also in the discomfort um I think it's okay like sometimes um I think this goes to your previous question but also this question is like sometimes we get as being like the only black person or like being whatever it's um we're we're too passionate or oh you're so smart there's these characteristics that we have that are put on us and (laughs) I think we need to change that dynamic too because it's like I'm just as qualified as the other person it has nothing to do with me being aggressive or me being like it's the same like we just talk different you know (laughs) yeah it's like oh these not like a stereotype but I know what you mean and also you always have to kind of what I call the extraordinary negro which I hate is like the one or two black people that they do choose to hire in these kind of traditionally uh white settings um, is just this extraordinary, you know, high level, highly credentialed, never did anything wrong, perfect black person. And I really think that everyone needs to fall out of love with that type of black person because I shouldn't have to be Michelle Tip Obama time. just yeah. to <laughs> hold a job, right? Like have to, you know, Ivy League degrees and stuff like that. Like she has to be way more talented than like a Melania Trump, right? right. In order to be respected as first lady. So, you know, just, just, you know, just let go of the extraordinary Negro. Like, <laughs> like just let go of it because, you know, I've been in situations where people are being groomed for damn near C-suite positions and they're extremely flawed white people. You know, they, they you know, they drop the ball, they make mistakes. It's our mistakes are met with such disdain. It's hard to fail forward and fail up when you look like us. And that's why we feel like we have to go above and beyond right in our performance. Right. Um, okay. And then, you know, this month there's already like a ton of memes how do you feel about um the way brands approach like pride month and like they just throw up the rainbow and it's now time to capitalize on that and just throw glitter on the (laughs) t-shirt you know like it it just feels you know it's like how many queer folk do you have up in there you know what i mean yeah 
Um, that is the question. Um, so I don't like it. I know that there are brands that definitely value um, like gay rights and diversity, especially with Pride Month. I think it started, I don't know when it started, but it started with a few brands like Gap and Levi's and like those those companies like actually care about like gay rights and then or I assume they do but um but then everyone started doing it so it's kind of like just throwing up like rainbows and just it's like if you're not about it or like you don't have a team that's saying like this is this is a representation of us this is what we want then I don't think it I don't think that you should do it because it's like that's it's just it's showing everything else it's like okay um it just shows that your boardroom or your executives aren't in tune with what's really going on you're just trying to make money yeah no it's really it's really really ridiculous and i meant to ask you this earlier too do you represent um you know clients of all backgrounds or do you sometimes feel like you have to work with black clients like is it what do you feel i work with everyone okay Um, i definitely work with anyone that has um that's that i would want to work with so it's kind of like a mutual you want to work with me i want to work with you like if it's not like that then but i don't have like ties on like colors or gates or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, you don't have a preference. And then in terms of, you know, I think that no one knows at all what kind of the earning potential. Do you have any advice about, you know, those that want to get into this, those that even want to fashion consult, like get into consulting uh, about, you know, what to charge, like how to invoice. Yeah. Um, so the price is low. I know assistance is a low price. You're looking at like 15 to 20 um, an hour. I wouldn't go lower than that. And I would, um, and it's okay to start at a certain range and then like raise it. And like working with clients, um, there is like a retainer. A lot of clients are retainer unless it's like a one-time job and with the retainer it depends on like how much they want done so there's a couple strategies around that um and then with the retainer they could pay like all up front or do like half and then the other half or like the half and then you they see what you produce and then but they're contracts and um i would just like google um like a rate and then gauge off of that my thing is is one thing it one don't be too high don't think like oh i'm so good i'm so high but don't undercut yourself so think of like what's my work ethic what can you hear me i can go ahead okay what's my work ethic what i'm what am i capable for this brand and then go from there but if you can't do something don't say that you can Okay, um, and if you could give a brand, just starting out because there's a lot of noise, just the one thing that's timeless and not trend-driven, and it has nothing to do with social media, what is the one thing a brand could do to elevate their visibility? That's not social media? (laughs) 
Or um, is it social media? I mean, <laughs> for me, I'm definitely really old school. So I would, I not to give my secrets away, but not for, all your secrets definitely <laughs> don't because you did not pay for Tyree today. <laughs> yeah. So for a brand, I would do a pop up store and I would go find a location that's cool, maybe rent the space for a weekend, like do like, we're going to be here this weekend, like promote it, promote it, like, and just do like a pop-up location and see how that goes. But I think the thing is with where we're at now is people are so instant and they want instant gratification. And especially with like shoe drops, people wait in lines. So I would, and like they did that museum downtown. It's like the selfie thing, but like people like experiences. So what I would do personally is do a pop-up shop. But I won't tell you what else goes behind that. No, you don't have to because this man has a job to do. (laughs) And we appreciate his advice and expertise. Um, So how would someone find you, follow you, interact with you if they want to hire Mr. Robert Robinson? Sure. Um, so my Instagram is Tyrese Style, and that's T-Y-R-E-E-S-S-T-Y-L-E, and um, TyreeStyle.com. And you can DM me. Um, I think my email is on my website, so you can just send me a message, or you can DM me. Um, but I always respond, or I, like, read it and then try to figure out what to do. Yes, you responded to mine, and I was so appreciative. <laughs> I was like, yes, you responded. Yes. Um, I so appreciate you today um, talking to me and uh, talking to my um, tiny but mighty audience. Um, we are so happy to have you today on You Have to Wear Something, because you can't go naked. You do have to wear something. Um, thank you for being here today, and I hope you get everything you want, because you will, because you are that dope. Yes, thank you so much. I love okay. it. Okay. Okay, have a good afternoon. Bye, thank you. Okay, bye.